Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show, and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, a phenom. I predict this guy is going to be the next big thing. Uh, you know, I've interviewed many of the uh, big players in personal growth and development, uh, you know, thought leadership, change agents, and uh, I'm here with Chad Robert Stewart, and uh, I think he is going to be uh, uh, the one for uh, our generation. I mean, the guy is just an incredible mind. Chad, thank you for being with me today. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, you uh, have uh, you're, you're an international management consultant uh, and a global strategist. Correct. Uh, talk to me about that. What does that entail? What does that mean? And then we'll talk about this phenomenal uh, book uh, that you have authored called The Five Great Principles of Life. Uh, but first, talk to me about... Um, International management consulting and, and, and global strategies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, as an international consultant or the uh, international business consultant, it, it really is just uh, putting things on a uh, uh, perspective of, of, of an international uh, realm. So a lot of a lot of consultants might do work, um, you know, in California or the East Coast or even nationally, whereas um, a lot of the work that I do is is international, um, mostly uh, Europe and Eastern Europe. Uh, and then uh, Asia, and then a little bit in South America. So it's mm-hmm. uh, unfortunate about it, and uh, I mean it's a lot of travel, and um, it's interesting because it's it's every um, country that you approach obviously has its own culture and customs, which is important. Um, but I just I've always I've always loved travel. I've always loved the world. Um, my undergraduate was uh, European history mm-hmm. and uh, British literature. I've probably spent the last fifteen twenty years just with a passion for history. So. Uh, I love reading about countries and timelines and dates and uh, and uh, books from other authors and things like that. So uh, and that really lends itself to it. So it's not just sort of like oh I've got to I've got to you know fly over or do something internationally. I I really enjoy it. I love meeting people. I love meeting new people. Um, and just you know I love working for different companies. So it really um, it's it's a different it's a difference between kind of like and I think we might have had this conversation um, or it might have been with someone else. Um, prior, but you know, it's kind of the difference between like if you were to work with a local restaurant or a restaurant that wants to go national and a restaurant that wants to go international, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. You're, you're working with a, a company that's sort of just localized, which is great, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. It's not to say that bigger is better or that you have to go international. It's just if there's a demand for your product or you've got um, leverage or you've got an edge where you can do really good in another market, um, that it's, I think it's worthy to, to pursue that. So that's sort of what I do and, and what I work on. And, it, and it's kind of nice because I bring in um, best practices. It's like there's some things that we do in America that's that's great and um, cutting edge or ahead of the game, if you will. Uh, and there's some, some things that they do over in Britain that I really like um, that mm-hmm. we're not as familiar with here or, or Eastern Europe or, you know, it might be a certain style or approach uh, or a concept or things like that. And so it's kind of nice so I can kind of bring over what I know 
sure. and adapt it, you know, and adapt it to that. And I can bring back what I've learned. And you know, and it's just a continual learning game. I mean, I'm I'm always I'm always learning. I'll never be done with it. Um, and it's not to say that I ever have a, ma- a magic bullet. You know, you get better at what you do. You start to see um, uh, the systems and and um, and the problems and um, you, you know, you approach it. You, you have certain models, and you're looking for certain patterns and things like that. So you definitely get better. But it's it, every single opportunity or, or business or corporation that I work with. It's always a unique uh, experience. And uh, you had you, yeah. you had said something earlier about um, your love for history, uh, and I, I kind of, that kind of stuck with me uh, for a moment. And I want to ask you, uh, based on your love for history, and see, do you see anything in uh, the history of business? and economy here in America uh, that uh, uh, has repeated itself, that uh, uh, is new, or is there some prediction of what is to come? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I could take up um, a day. <laughs> no, but, but um, you, know, you know, it's funny, and it's, and it's kind of ironic. Your, your timing with that is great. I just read through um, uh, American History again. It's one of those, like, huge, fat books, but it, and it's kind of fun. It takes you through, and it starts at the very beginning. And um, and it just sort of highlights it and it presents it like uh, with articles and today's and in today's news and it could be like 1903 so and so happened and stuff and, mm-hmm. and it's fun for me to read some of that I mean I, I read the, the the deeper more intellectual stuff but sometimes that's fun to read at night for an hour or two and I just got literally just got done with the American history twice I read two different books and it's funny because you literally see the pattern you see the growth. Um, you see the problems emerge, um, fictitious wars that are that are manifested by those that are behind the scenes. I mean, just the same repetitive thing is so funny. Where we are right now, I, I can go back, you know, to the 1900s. I can go back to the mid-1900s. It's just it's a continual pattern, um, and it's unfortunate. So um, uh, it tends to repeat itself. So so absolutely. So where we are right now, it's 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 unfortunate. I mean, I, I don't want to get on the political side of things. Sure, sure. Um, but I think I think a lot a lot that's happened has happened by uh, not by accident. Total, you know, a total not only total incompetence, but I think I think there's a lot more behind the scenes. And I think people need to be a lot more savvy um, and not take things for face value. Don't don't take mainstream media for face value. Don't take um, the newspapers and the magazines. They're all owned pretty much by the same corporations that that are the only ones that are benefiting from this whole crisis. And, it, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. you know, many people that created it. So. Do your research, you know what I mean? And, and the best the best thing in, in times like this is to really um, obviously kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, buckle down. But but it's also a time of opportunity, you know, and uh, it's a time to reinvent yourself. I know a lot of people are uh, out of work, and we can probably get into that, you know, later on in the conversation and stuff. And, and I get well, that, and and, uh, and that's tough. But it's um, sometimes it's a, it's a chance to reinvent yourself. Possibly there might have been a job that you were – you were in that really wasn't a great fit for you. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting time. It's a humbling time, but it's a time of character, you know, and, and it's like it's choices. I'm writing a presentation I'm doing in Denver um, next week, and, and, you know, I'm starting the whole thing out with just the idea of choices, and, and we all have those choices. I mean, we have a choice to you either You talked about that. Uh, we were talking yeah. about uh, the book. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Chapter 1, Raising the Bar, you say our true ability has been derivative, uh, or diverted, excuse me, to random acts of complacency and boredom. That's a very mm. powerful statement. Yeah, I love that. I actually do, you know. Because, like, I've, I've been studying my book. Yeah, you wrote that, uh, Chad. You wrote that. Gosh, wow. That's, that's great. You said that. No, I uh, – it's funny because it's like, you know, you, you're obviously biased because it's your book, but I, I, can, I can walk away from it. I've walked away from it for, like, six months, and I'll return and I'll start reading it again. Um, chapter by chapter, just to kind of see, you know, because you improve, you're always improving as a as a writer, 
And, you know, so it's like, you know, that, that was one book and then I'm like, I'm on the, on the third one now. So it's like, you know, you, you grow and you're, and you're more concise. But I, what I love about the five great principles for life is that I, um, I like what I did there. I, I do. I, you know, it's simplistic and I get that, but I think it really stands the test of time. So I kind of keep returning to it and I'm like, yeah, that's, a, that's okay. I like that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad what I wrote. It's very honest. And, um, and it's like you, you have that danger of going like, well, if you could go back and rewrite it. And sometimes I like, you know, sometimes there's, a, I like to call it the rawness factor, but there's something that's very cool, um, as a young writer, if you will, or even for your first book, like this is, um, that, that it's just honest and it's not, it's not like too, it, it's not too polished or it's not too, uh, elaborated on or you don't kill it with details and stuff like that. And it's just something, it's just, well, what I like about the book, uh, and I yeah. like, you, you bring up a good point. I like that because, um, the way you wrote the book, uh, being a young author, uh, I like it because it's raw and straight to the point and, and pretty much every sentence, uh, every paragraph hits you right between the eyes. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you, you have a piece in here where you say it's some debilitating beliefs are so ingrained in our mind that they form destructive patterns and negatively influence our, the rest of our lives. I mean, you know, sure, we, we kind of know that uh, or feel that or maybe sense that, but sometimes when you read it and it's that blatant. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like about the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So talk and, to me and, about and, that. Yeah, and I will. And it's and it's and it's on. I have to go through the same stuff. It's it's sometimes it's like they think that like you're the one that's wrote, written the book, so you've got it all mastered. You know, I'm like wow. <laughs> and it's like part of the reason I'm writing it is because these are the things I struggle with too. And and I think we're all a part of the same thing. Coming back to that whole international thing, I I don't care where I've been. I, I have found that people are people. You know, and so you know a lot of people don't have that that ability to travel. You know, internationally. I mean, I've I've been all over. And I met people all over, and I could really come to one conclusion that we're all. We're all pretty much the same, you know. I mean, we, we all want to be somebody. We all want purpose in our life. We're all looking for, you know, romance. We're all looking for a family. We're looking for the right job. We want to do something with our skills and talents. And that doesn't matter if you're in China or Russia or, or um, you know, Wyoming. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and that's what excites me about it. It's, it's yes, of, of course, in certain governments and certain things, things are constricted. But when you cut that away. Um, and that's why, you know, like a lot of these other countries, they get sort of the bad rep because of, because of a few bad people that have, you know, that are trying to really consolidate power or take over. And you, mm-hmm. and you blame the whole country or you blame mm-hmm. all the people and you think all those people are like that. And it's not that at all. I mean, it's just like when you can pull them aside and stuff, it's just like they're, they're good people. They want to do well. Um, you know, they want to achieve things in life. They, you know, they, they want to grow. They want to expand. They want to learn. I find, I find what's exciting to me, like in Eastern Europe, is I, I find a hunger for knowledge there because it was oppressed for so long. Um, and even though the walls come down for, you know, a couple decades now, it's, it's taking a long time for people to kind of come back in the next generation. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it's exciting. I mean, they're, 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 they want to grow. They want to learn. Uh, they want to understand. They're interested in, in history and the real history and things like that. But anyway, back to your question. Um, um, like the first thing about it, I said, and I, and I feel that, that most of us are, and, it's, and the book isn't like a book of blame or anything like that. It's just that so often we make choices in our lives because we think it's safe or we think it's what someone else wants. Mm-hmm. Um, or I see this all the time, like with, with doctors, it's like, you know, third generation doctor, you know, the, the grandfather was a the uh, the father was a doctor and and now the the, the daughter's a doctor and it's not mm-hmm. to say that's a bad thing but you know people you know go down these paths because either it's expected of them um, they think it's safe or what other people have suggested and it's not really what we want to be doing or where we belong and and mm-hmm. I think it's an important issue to address and I think part of what's happening right now in the economy is kind of forcing some people um, alone time if you will and I think that's the no doubt in the world 
And it's, and it's not to say that, you know, it's, it, okay, we'll jump ship tomorrow and become a painter. You know what I mean? I, I get that. I mean, it, but it doesn't mean that you can't go back to something that you really wanted to do. This kind of ties into that whole idea of passion and start to pursue it and have fun with it, you know, and see where well, it goes. You know, that's doesn't mean you quit your, your job. That. That's true. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because, uh, uh, you, you know, you, you say also in the book, uh, you know, you're not um, – uh, just talking to uh, people who are working and working hard, but you're really talking about um, the mindset. You say retirement uh, is a fable created by the unambitious. Uh, that is – that's just raw bone, dude. That is just so neural. I mean, wow. You know, it It really is – you know, I want people to really uh, go and get this book and make this really a part of their – uh, daily work because uh, it it will just smack you around a bit, and, but you know kindly. <laughs> but when you finish reading this book, I think you will realize that uh, not only can you achieve, but it's necessary for you to achieve so that you can, uh, by demonstration, not by verbal communication, show the next generation what can be done. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. And I, I've, I've met so many people. And how many people have you met that, like, you know, suddenly this idea of 65, and I just heard yesterday that it's now in America, I think it's 68. It's been pushed three years. But uh, how many people have you met that, like, suddenly, like, they're retired and, and what are they going to do? And, and how many, after six months, do you find that they're totally satisfied and happy? You know what I mean? And it's just like mm-hmm. – I think this whole 40 or 50 years thing is just kind of ridiculous, too. I mean, you should never really be retiring from life, you know what I mean? Nor do you save until you're 60 or 70 to start taking some of those trips you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Having mm-hmm. fun now. Start experiencing things. Get out there, you know what I mean? And it doesn't mean when you're 65. I mean, that's when you start to write a great book or you start that little company that you wanted or, or whatever. I mean, it's just it's you got to get you got to break out of these norms. So much of this framework and so many of these norms have been set up by, by the few to really control and, uh, you know, the majority. And, and I think that's wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, tap what's inside you, do what you, what you want to do, pursue that, pursue your passions. Um, and this, I mean, the whole book and, and the whole idea and everything I'm talking about today is it's, it's all about honesty. I'm not making any promises here. I'm really making challenges. You know, this is going to change your life in 30 days, you know what I mean? Or, or right. 20 pounds in, in two weeks or become a sure. millionaire. I, I don't, I don't recall that I even mentioned money in the entire book. I, I don't think yeah, I did. I, yeah, so it's not, you know, this isn't about becoming a millionaire, you know. Uh, I talk about some of your goals that might take two decades, you know, or decades mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. To, um, to accomplish. I mean, nobody talks like that, but it's the truth. And all my research and everything I've learned really for the last 20, 25 years, all the books I've read, all, you know, all the CEOs I've worked with, all the trainers I've worked with, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know it takes anywhere from 10 to 20 years to become, you know, to become successful, and then success is obviously how you define it. But the point is, mm-hmm. is it's such a flashover substance society. We see these programs like who wants to be a millionaire and suddenly, you know, wait, one person is now a million dollars. Or we see the actors that are out there getting, you know, $20 million. But what we don't see is behind the scenes, these guys have been in the game working for 15 or 20 years. They were, That's right. You know, they, they were 8 or 10 years old doing these commercials. And then they did, right. did, a, couple, they did a couple bit parts. And then, and then a year passed. They got nothing. They've been on thousands of auditions. We don't see right. that. We see the success. We see the guy on the, on, the, on the front cover of Fortune magazine. But we don't realize that – how hard his company struck 10 or 15 years or, or he filed bankruptcy twice or right. this is his third company. You know, and the, the difference is, is that it was disciplined, it was consistency, and he stayed with it until he succeeded. He learned. He fell forward, if you will. Well, uh, talk, you talk about that, and basically we're talking about the significance of passion. Mm, mm-hmm. 
um, you, uh, you you say passion is extraordinary and inescapable necessity of life. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, you can't really do what we're talking about or what you're talking about if you don't have some kind of passion behind it. How do you spark that? What is your what is your idea of passion? And that's that's a great um, a great question. And I've been giving a lot of um, presentations. It's been fun, like just throughout the uh, the U.S. right now. And um, and passion is always for, for whatever reason, whatever I'm 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 doing the presentation on. I've been doing a lot of stuff on leadership. It always comes into passion. Like that's always one of the principles that I talk about. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you I'll tell you this much. It's the number one thing that I have found with every successful person uh, that I've ever read about or researched. Whether it's Walt Disney, Richard Branson. Um, Helen Keller, you name it, and they all had a passion, either a passion for learning, a passion for invention, um, a passion for creativity, um, a passion for success and, and, and bringing, bringing their ideas to the world. Every single successful person out there, singers, authors, um, uh, actors, they had a passion for what they did. It's, it's the one thing I find that you can't fake. You can't really fake passion. And I, and I, and I tie, I always tie it into successful leadership. Like the seven, the seven six successful principles of leadership, passion would be like number one. You know, mm-hmm. and then you get into strategy, communication, engagement, um, other things like that that are all important. But if you're not a passionate, if you're not a passionate uh, CEO of a company or, or even leading in your household or leading in your community, you know what I mean, then everything else is just sort of secondary. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. Passion is mm-hmm. the fuel that's behind it. So how do you get that and how do you get that spark? And it's great because it comes back to what you're saying about, you know, those random acts that we've been sort of um, condemned to, you know what I mean, um, mm-hmm. or, or a job that is – and it's happens. I'm presenting to, like, organizations. I'm presenting to a lot of HR organizations, and it's like, yeah, whatever about the passion thing. And it's like, you know, I've got a job to do where I'm – you know, since 2008, I've been working 60 hours a week, half-staffed and stuff, mm-hmm. so I'm talking mm-hmm. about passion. So I, I, I do get that, but it's not an excuse, you know what I mean? It's a choice. I mean, you have a choice to make, but, you know, find that thing in your life that you're you're passionate about, and it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, necessarily have to be at work, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm struggling with this a little bit. I mean, I, I have a passion for writing, and, mm-hmm. and so I've been enjoying that. But um, there's other things out there, like, um, you know, maybe maybe it's playing tennis, and it's like, gosh, I used to love playing tennis, or frisbee football when you are in high school, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. something in college. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, I bet there's a local team that's close by. And, and so the passion doesn't have to be necessarily business-oriented. It's something that you enjoy doing, and it's fun doing. Um, and maybe maybe it's painting. Maybe you've always thought about doing painting. Well, it just doesn't mean you're going to quit your job. But go out and see if you can find. And there's so much stuff out there. You know, these these uh, college courses, junior colleges. Go take a painting. Just go have fun. Go out there and start to experience like that. Um, you want to write a book. You've always had a passion for writing, but you've never done anything with it. Well, it doesn't mean you quit your job. Just start to you know put together what you want to write about. Think about it. Go to the um, go to the library. Get some books in that field. See what, see how they're done. See how other people have written. Um, adapt some of those ideas, put together a structure in, 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 st- in a format, and start to write about something that you want to write about. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you're going to be a bestseller. Doesn't mean that you're going to sell a million cop- you know copies. But 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 the second that you start to do something that you enjoy doing, and, and you consistently do that, and I'm not just saying for a weekend. I mean something that becomes a part of your life. Mm-hmm. That ex- that excitement dictates to the rest of what you do. So maybe it's like maybe your work's not great, but it's like you joined this like junior uh, softball league, and it's like you haven't you're just 
having so much fun. You do it every Tuesdays and Thursdays or something, mm-hmm. and you're playing, you know, you're playing different companies or things like that. And it's just fun. You start to look forward to that, and, and you start to bring that feeling to, to work. And, and maybe suddenly you have something different to talk about. Maybe you get a couple of the people involved at work. I mean, there's, I could sit there and talk for hours about the different things that somebody can do. I'm just kind of throwing out some ideas, but I mean, well, you know, I, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Is, is another thing you're talking about is also one of the chapters in your book, and that's touching your potential because the passion is is where you begin to touch your potential. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, I, I can't tell you too, like how many people I've met, um, especially with lawyers. I don't know why I'm not picking on them, but. Uh, that, 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 that got into law and, and then, and then are, are now trying to get out of it. Um, mm. I, I was speaking with a, a really nice, um, um, a woman up in Oregon and she's a friend of a friend and she's a, she's a lawyer that's transitioned now into, um, uh, you know, doing, uh, coaching things like that. Mm-hmm. She just wrote a book and it says, what can I do with my law degree? And it's actually going to be, um, published, I think, in the next couple of months. Wow. We had, we had a really nice conversation, but it's like, it's like for lawyers, there is life after law. You know, so it's kind of a funny, you know, a funny book, but it's very, very concise. And it's like, these are all the different areas that you can do and stuff. But, um, you know, the point is, is people kind of get locked into that or they made the wrong decision. It's like, especially like with, with law or doctor, it's like, gosh, you got three, four, eight years invested. You know what I mean? So we're, you can't kind of quit. And I get that, but it doesn't mean that you can't be doing something or pursuing something that you love or want to do. So. Well, you say, it's, you know, too often we get distracted and whether we are in the wrong career, a bad relationship, negative environment, or a situation where we are being put down by others, they are all irrelevant to what is truly inside of us. Mm. I mean, you really, you really, I mean, I'm, I, I really, you know, not blowing uh, smoke up your butt. This is a really, really good piece of work that you put together, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's great to get that feedback. It really is. And um, it means a lot. So, um, but and, and I truly, I, I just truly believe it. It's just, um, it's. I was having this conversation yesterday, and it's, it's perhaps it's just one of my gifts, if you will. But I, I never look at somebody of what they are. I see what they can be. Um, I see what's inside them. I, you know, I never see somebody as as, as ignorant or, um, or or stupid or misguided or this and that. I, I see I see them what they can be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I every I, every person. I don't care who they are or what they're doing. Number one, I always find them interesting because there's something I can learn from them. I don't care what trade it is or, or what field. Uh, I can always learn from them, hence makes you the pupil, and you're always learning. But se- the second is, is that I can see the potential. If people have that passion, and which goes back mm-hmm. to that thing, if they have the will to do it, if they don't, they don't want to change, if they don't want to become better or do something different uh, or really tap what's inside them, then, then that's that. That's their choice. Uh, you know, you can't force it. That's the one thing you can't do. You can't force or fake passion. You can't um, force will. You know what I mean? But if somebody really wants to change and they make that connection, um, th- that's extraordinary. I mean, nothing can break that when you make that connection. That's not it's having that aha moment. It's that it's that yeah, yeah. defining moment. It's just like aha, there it is. Okay, I've got to do this. This is not some. This is not an option. Those are great moments, and I and I and everything I'm saying, I base it on so much research that I've done. I've, I, I mean, I love reading biography, and so you know, I've just read tons and tons of biographies. Everything from from Einstein to um, Frank Capra, who did those films in the 1930s and 40s, mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to uh, John Ford, to you know just a, you know Richard Branson, to all, and it's just like I, I found that one link that they I found with most of the people that I've studied come from money, didn't come from privilege, and didn't come from education. Um, most of them didn't didn't even have a college degree. Most of them definitely didn't have an MBA or, or a PhD. Uh, but they had they had a lot of they, they had a strong passion, a will to do it. 
determination to do it, and they did not give up when they failed. They just kept going and going, and that's really what it is. It's a game of endurance. Um, I think um, Malcolm Gladwell talks about that in his second book, and he says the difference between an amateur and a professional is about 10,000 hours. Um, and, and, it, and, I, and I love that, you know what I mean, because there's, 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 there's truth to that, you know what I mean? And, and it, or if you, if you break it down to 10 years, that's the kind of pattern I've, I've actually seen, like, in films and, and, and with actors and stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll suddenly like someone that's interesting and they're, you know, sort of a, a lead, you know, in, in some show or, or a movie. And I go back and I'll, and I'll look them up, and they've been in the game for at least 10 years. Prior to that, mm-hmm. you never saw them in film. Uh, but they stuck with it. You know, they didn't go, well, I'll just give this acting thing a year. You know what I mean? Or I'll give this mm-hmm. whole thing or this writing thing a year. They stuck with it. They stuck with it. John Irving, who wrote um, The World According to Garp and um, one of my favorite, Cider House Rules, you know, he did not He did not make his success until his fourth book. He was a uh, wrestling coach. And he goes, mm-hmm. uh, he, he, you know, like after his third book, he goes, he, he kind of figured that, you know, he'll just be a wrestling coach for the rest of his life, but he'll write books because he loved to do it. That was his passion. And then mm-hmm. the world according to Garp came out, and then, boom, you know, he became a full-time author. Um, and, and isn't that really the true definition of passion? You, brought, you, you know, when you said what you said, that brought up something, and that is, the dude said, hey, you know, I am not writing books to, you know, be a world-renowned author or, or you know, have my books uh, turned into screenplays. I am writing books because I am just passionate and love writing books. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, that's a great point. And, and it's also, um, I think whatever you do, you do it because you want to do it and you enjoy it. But, but I think the second part of that is whatever you do, either, either do it well or don't do it at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And that would just be my own opinion. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're going to, whatever you're going out to do, at least do your best that you can do. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you want to go run a marathon, you don't have to be the fastest, but don't don't be sloppy about it. You know what I mean? Get the right mm-hmm. training. You know, prepare, you know, three months or six months beforehand and make sure you're going to finish it. And when you do it, you're going to do the best you can. If you're going to write a book, you know, go out there and study the other books that are that are along that, that genre or whatever it is. You know, do mm-hmm. your research. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, hook up with someone that's that's already you know written a book or, or that's been successful with it, and get their opinions. See if they'd like to have a cup of coffee, take them out to lunch. You know, do do your research. Just don't throw something together. I, I, that's just mm-hmm. my, my opinion. I, you know, it's not to say that I, I excel at everything, but it's um, the what I do. I always am going to try to do my best. You know, and it doesn't doesn't mean that you're going to be a, a huge success at it. I, I've met actors. In the, in the in the field that you know, or, or or young actors, and they're like, oh, I want to be successful, and I'm like, you're in this for wrong reasons, you know what I mean? Or oh, mm-hmm. I you know, I want a million, I want to I want to be a millionaire and, and travel and be in, on magazine covers, and I'm just like, you're in this for the wrong business. Mm-hmm. You know, the people mm-hmm. the people that really make it love what they do and couldn't imagine doing anything else, and and then by really a little bit of luck and timing, they become successful. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's obviously skill, but you know where that skill comes from? It comes from that 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's after like that fifty fiftieth or, or hundredth rejection. Um, you know, I mean, right. what, what are you made of? Do you give up right. and throw it in, or say, no, what? I'm going to keep going until I make it. I mean, there's a great story which you, which is in the book about um, Colonel Sanders, and I love it. You know, do you remember that one at at, at age sixty five? His yeah. business was going to be kind of closed down because they were putting in this this interstate freeway, and so he had to decide. You know, he decided, do I, do I just call it a day and take my retirement or I do something with my, my chicken recipe. And he went out and put on a suit and he went out and started to try to sell his chicken recipe to, to other restaurants. And he had over 1,006 no's before he had his first yes. 1,006 no's before he had his first yes. And the story goes on to say from that yes, 
You know, he got more yeses. He built an empire, sold it for millions of dollars, stayed on as a spokesperson, and started a, a nonprofit organization that's still around today that funds uh, education. Stunning. You know, this, 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 what we're talking about is also indicative of uh, a chapter in your book called No More Anchors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, one of the things that get, get people stuck um, is that they allow their uh, path to kind of predicate what they think their future should be. You say one of the most limiting and destructive things we can do uh, to ourselves is measuring our current life by past failures or hardships, and I think that needs to be spoken uh, spoken to. I agree, and that's been kind of one of the favorite chapters I, I get back from people, um, especially women, because I think you know, mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. you know, just just, and I think a lot of it is relationship based. And um, gosh, I mean, where do you start with that? But I mean, my in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, the actual title of that um, chapter at first was no more anchor. Uh, was it? Oh, yesterday was a decade ago. No more anchors. Mm-hmm. And it's a different, it's a kind of a different perspective. If you look at it that way, that, that yesterday was a decade ago, no more anchors. I mean, it's like you make a mistake yesterday. So be it. You learn from it. You apologize for it and you move on. But people dwell on this stuff and they are anchors. Um, so, someone, someone burned them or, or, or failed them. And I mean, man, they will, they will hold on to that thing for decades and all it does mm-hmm. is ruin their life. And I'll be honest, and, or there's somebody at work and it's like they snubbed you or, or, or you have this sort of, um, idea that they said something or did something. And I, and I can't tell you how many times when you address that and say, you know, this is really bothering me. And they're like, oh, I didn't even know that or I'm sorry or you know what? I didn't say that. But the bottom line is, is it's those little things that we hold on to, and, and they absolutely destroy our lives. They hold us mm-hmm. back. I, and, I, and I compare it to like a ship, you know, with an anchor down, but the but the but the uh, sails full of wind, and it just rips the thing apart. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be one negative comment that somebody made, like a writer, you know, and it's just like some some critic, and we won't go down that road. But <laughs> you know, who are they? Mm-hmm. But but it's like you know, and they kind of slam somebody or slam a book or something, and it just ruins them. And it's just like, man, it's just one person. It's one incident. Um, it could be one derogatory comment uh, that somebody said about you, like, oh, you'll never, you know, you'll never be a lawyer. You'll never be a doctor. Or you're not good in school. And, they, and, and it dictates the rest of their lives. It becomes a truth to them. And it's just like, look, we all have the ability to grow and change on a dime. You know, at any moment. That's why I always say, like, yesterday was a decade ago. It's like, you know, if you have a bad Monday, something has to dictate to the whole week and set everything Mm -hmm. off. Or, or, you know, you had a bad conversation with somebody or, you know, you had a a negative email and it just like it just ruins you. And it's just Mm -hmm. like you got to let that stuff go. And it is. It's it's hard work. Um, I think out of all the chapters, that's the hardest chapter. I mean, it's, it says easy, but it does hard, right? I mean, it's not easy to do that. You know, um, I've, I've gone through that in my life. You know, I've been burned many times. Um, I've invested a lot into certain things and, and then um, failed or, 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 or burned or upset or disappointed. And I have the choice to sort of let that really resonate and hold on to it or just move forward, you know what I mean, and, and let it go and, and let it go and forgive it, you know what I mean? Forgive them, forgive, forgive you know, address, I always try to address it. Um, if anyone ever, you know, if, if I have a problem with somebody, I, I do try to address it. I actually try to address it real quick too. Um, you know, it could be like a, a new a new job or you're you're in a, a new situation and someone there's a negativity there or something. I when they say something, I I try to address it right away. I don't let that thing build. You know what I mean? And 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 often it's 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 they come back and it's like. Uh, oh, I apologize, or I'm sorry, or I didn't. Oh, I didn't mean that it, that way. And then, and then it's addressed, mm-hmm. and it's done. You know. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, this happens 
all the time at work. You know, there's people that sure. you don't like, you know, that, that you don't get along with. And I get sure. that. We're not going to get along with everybody. But by, by maybe taking them out for a cup of coffee and talking to them or, you know, maybe it's a manager. You know, the number one reason that people leave their job is their manager. So maybe it's just, you know, if you can, by any chance, um, maybe just have a conversation with your manager. So, you know, say, hey, can, you know, can I come in early tomorrow morning and, and talk with you? There's a couple things that are kind of bothering me about this. Or, or you know, are you around after, after work today for like 20 minutes? Can we just talk? I mean, at least you've tried. Mm-hmm. I think when mm-hmm. you I think when you try and you address it and at least you get it out, if you will, vent it. Um, you'll, you'll you'll at least feel the relief. And if the person says, "Well, tough, that's how it is," okay, so be it. But it's just like you, you know, you've you made the effort, you've tried, and you've sort of taken that burden off you. And then you can sit there and say, "Well, you know, if that's if that's who they are, that's who they are. So be it. I'm going to move on." But don't let it mm-hmm. dictate to you. Don't hold mm-hmm. on to it. You know. Um, so I hope I'm addressing that. No, I, I love that. Absolutely, I love that. And and part of what this also is is what you talk about in the book about attacking your weak points. You know, mm. uh, um, I, I, that it, it can be a very uh, a powerful freestanding statement, and I think it's something a statement that one or title of a chapter that one needs to read a couple of times, even though it's only four words. But attack your weak points. Don't you know? Attack. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> Good work. Attack. Uh, so, you know, think of a pit bull. Uh, what would a pit bull do to a weak point? Uh, talk to me about what that means uh, in, yeah. a, in attacking our weak points, because it's not a passive act. Yeah, and it's it's something that um, I, I I love that chapter because and it's funny too because I got I got called on the floor and I like I like to be challenged. You know, I mean, I want people just to sit there and like, oh, I read your book and I love it. I mean, I want to. I like being challenged. I like people like – I like – I don't want to say arguments, but discussions, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really agree with this. And it's like, really? Okay, great. Well, why? You know what I mean? It's not to say that I, I, I know everything or everything I write is right. But uh, one one um, trainer got, got back to me, a uh, management trainer, and she said, well, you know, you should really – because she, she's basing it on um, Marcus Buckingham's book uh, about building your strengths, and that's kind of how he sort of built his legacy right now. Um, as, as a writer and as a speaker, and it's like, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I, I, I definitely get the idea of, 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 you know, building on your strengths. Part of that, to me, says goes without saying. You know, you should always because I have a chapter about always learning and growing. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is about attacking your weak points. Is I think all of us in our life have certain areas that we're not, we're not good good at or we're not comfortable at. And I and I and I I think and I think. It could be it could be math. Let's talk, let's take computers, and it could be someone that's just not good with computers, or someone that's not good with, um, um, uh, or an older person that's kind of come back into the arena. And it's so so it becomes again like another anchor for you. And, and you have and every time like someone wants you to work on the computer or do something, you feel really uncomfortable. And what I'm saying is, look, you know. Find someone that's really good at it and, and bite the bullet and, and admit that you don't know how to do it, you know what I'm saying, and learn it, you know. And it doesn't mean that you need to be a master at IT. Um, it could be um, it could be public speaking. Oh, I hate public speaking. Or, oh, my gosh, I don't want to get up. And that and because because that's a weakness in your life, it, it really becomes an anchor in your life. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be a, a national presenter. But you know what? Attack it. You know what I mean? Um, go into Toastmasters, a fantastic group. Get rid of those fears. I, I, I read a quote the other day that um, whatever you fear is where you need to be. And I thought, ooh, that's good. Mm, you know I what like I mean? That. Yeah. That's kind of just jumping, nice. jumping right into it. Don't run from your fears. Attack like them. And so it's it's not to say, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, you know what I mean? And it's not to say that i got to be an expert in everything. No, not at all. But if there's some areas in your life, whatever it is, and I don't know what it is, that, that are weaknesses that, that are weaknesses to the extent that 
it's bothersome or it's uncomfortable or it could be at work and it's something you don't know how to do and, 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 you, and you're asked to do it or you, you're working with a group that's doing it, you know, learn it. You know, go to the library, read up on it, do some research. There's so much stuff on the Internet. You could probably learn more in a couple of hours on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a little bit of research on, on at least kind of getting a general sense of it So, it's like, or in business, like what is Six Sigma? And, then, you know, keep hearing people talking about it. doesn't mean that you need to go through the whole black belt program, but do a little research on it. There's books out there, you know, like like a 150-page book. You know, spend a couple of weekends, read through it, understand it. So it's like, okay, I get it. I got the concept now. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a trainer, but it's just like now you understand understand it and you don't feel intimidated when it's brought up. You can talk about right. it. You can ask questions right. about it. It's that type of thing that, that, that we all have it in our life. I, I have certain areas, you know what I mean, that, that, that um, at some point I want to overcome and some, some that I have. I mean, one of my weaknesses actually was, um, was that I was a, a big vision person and, and could see, you know, the big picture. But when it came to details, um, it was like accounting to me. It was just painful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, like in the last really couple years, I have, I have been like Mr. Detail- Oriented, you know what I mean, as far as really, really organized, follow through, um, lists that I make, really just really organized, very detail oriented. And, and I lost my vision in the big picture, but it's actually just balanced me out a little bit. doesn't mean that I necessarily always enjoy the detail part, you know, but at least it's like, you know, it's not as um, disoriented and it's not as, as mm-hmm. such a problem. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe you have a problem, you know, being on time, you know, and that's a, that's a weakness right. and stuff. Right. So, so, so in a sense, you have a problem with time management, you know what I mean? And, and that's something you need to address. Um, or you're a bit disorganized, and 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 uh, people have mentioned it, or or your desk, or you know, I mean, I can just go on and on, but I mean, whatever it is, you know, just just attack it, clean it up, well, and it's not a problem. Yeah. Well, you know, what I want to what I want to do is the first. Uh, uh, how can people get in contact with you? What is your uh, web address? Facebook, Twitter, all of that. Yeah, the um, my consulting company is the Britfield Group. So it's uh, the and then it's Britfield, B R I T F I E L D, the Britfield Group. So it's uh, www.thebritfieldgroup.com. So it's the Britfield Group, and then um, the book is the Five Great Principles for Life, and it's available um, on Amazon. It's at Barnes and Noble and, and uh, a lot of other bookstores, and, and uh, it's published by Pelican. So you can always go to Pel- Pelican Publishing. Uh, to their website and things like that. So, um, so we're real excited. We're right, we're right in the, the midst of uh, selling the international rights uh, to, uh, to India and parts of uh, Asia, Eastern Europe, Poland, of all things, and uh, <laughs> parts of nice. South America. Nice. It's funny well, because it, I, I've it, always, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I didn't want to interrupt. Go ahead. What was your thought? Oh, I was going to say that I, uh, you know, I, I, I always kind of saw the book as, as that type of book. Um, not national, but sort of international, because the principles are are, are timeless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I and I said before, like said two years ago, I said I don't care if it's a bestseller in Slovakia. You know what I mean? As long as mm-hmm. people are, mm-hmm. are enjoying it and reading it, and it's so fun. And I and I and I always have loved Poland. I haven't. That's one the one country I've I've yet been to. And because um, it's quite beautiful, it's got a wonderful history and stuff like that. People always kind of get the wrong idea. But it's funny to hear that like Poland's interested in buying it. I thought, oh, cool, maybe I'll get to go there and you know get some presentations, <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, well, what the the bottom line for this, uh, and it really is the chapter that uh, spoke to me the most, and that is failure is just not an option anymore. Mm. Failure is just not an option. And uh, you um, uh, so eloquently uh, outlined the uh, trials, tribulations, and journey uh, of Abraham Lincoln. Mm, isn't that great? 
blew my socks off, man, because I really, I was like in a movie theater, like watching Avatar reading that damn thing. It's a short piece, but it was like, whoa, who is this dude? Who is he talking about? And then it got, it's like, are you serious? And it's like, it's not like I haven't heard this story before, but it was the way you weaved it, and, and, and you got me in, man. That was great. Let's talk about failure not being an option. I want people to really get this that's listening right now, that whatever it is that you are going through or growing through, Failure is just not an option. Yeah, and as I set that, that, that piece up, it was interesting. I was at this uh, university library, this was like, I, I guess, gosh, I don't know, 15 years ago, and it was a room dedicated to, to Lincoln. And, I mean, I, there, there must have been – I mean, there was definitely hundreds of books in there, portraits, pictures, biographies, I mean, you name it. Mm-hmm. And then up on the wall, framed there, was that thing that just said – that you that you read it that's in the book that said failure. And just a real simple frame. And I walked up there, and I just it was just so kind of profound. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so simplistic. And it is kind of neat. I mean, it's just like – you read that and you're like, wow. And it really, mm-hmm. to me, it, it, it personifies. If I were to go over right now, like, all the failures of, of, of all the great people out there, because it's like that's what their biographies are about. It's, it's, about, it's about the, uh, um, oh, what was it? Like, oh, yeah, it was Edison was fired from a job because he, he, he spilled uh, battery acid on his boss's desk. You know what I mean? I mean <laughs> otherwise, it just came up in my mind. But it's just like, you know, like all the jobs that they, they, they've been fired from or pushed away or, you know, I mean, and, and yet they keep going. It kind of keeps coming back to that. So the idea of failure is not an option. I mean, it's. Um, I think I think Harry Henry Ford says it. He says that if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. You're right. That's right. You know, and, well, and I love that because it's it's true. And, and I just got done watching that movie again, and I actually profile in the book uh, Miracle about mm-hmm. the. Um, uh, and that, that, that is just. Oh, I I still just get like so caught up. That is just the most brilliant story about the 1980 USA uh, hockey victory over Russia. And it's like, I actually talk about that story in the chapter in uh, The Art of Discipline. But I mean, it's like, did they go in there with failure was an option? And I love that that speech at the the end. He goes, look, these guys could probably beat you any other day, any other night, but not today. And I love that. Mm -hmm. In a sense, what he was saying is that, you know what, today, failure is not an option. And um, it's just it's just really a mindset, you know what I mean? And it's and you have to have that mindset. You have to get into this thing with a sense of longevity, um, discipline, drive. Um, it's like a marathon, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so whatever you're doing in your life, I, I don't care if it's a relationship, you don't think that's gonna or a marriage, you don't think that's gonna take your dedication and commitment for the rest of your life. Are you, do you want the, ma- the marriage to fail? Do you want your mm-hmm. relationship to fail? Do you want your company to fail? Do you want your, you know? So it's a mindset, and if failure's not an option, then you you and, and you've locked that in, and that's all, those are almost one of those moments that you got to come to. Um, there's always that that famous fight with um, Muhammad Ali and uh, Foreman. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rumble mm-hmm. in the Jungle. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember the commentary, and, and, you know, Ali, he was just, you know, loose with the mouth, and I'm going to, you know, I'm kick this guy. And it's like after that first round, uh, he takes a pretty bad beating. And it's like, and, and the commentary as they were doing it, it was really interesting watching it. They're saying, like, you could see Ali sitting there almost having a, a, a talk with himself, a conversation with himself where he kind of goes, all right, this is, you know, this is it. You know, I mean, this is not going to be easy. Uh, this guy is this guy is 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 brutal and tough, mm-hmm. and it was like this 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 moment that he had after that first round to, to get into the second round that he goes you know I'm going to win this thing or I'm going to beat this thing. It's like that conversation ever with yourself. You know you're you're in it to win, no matter mm-hmm. what it takes and how long. And when I say what it takes, I mean you know I'm not talking about cheating or you know cutting corners, but I'm saying you know 
you know, you throw yourself into it. I mean, and that comes back to what we were saying at the beginning. Whatever you do, at least do it do it well. Do the best that you can. And so, you know, whatever you do, don't. I mean, whatever it could be a tennis game, it could be a football game. Go in there to succeed. Failure's not an option. Maybe you do, uh, you don't, you don't get the victory, or your your team loses. But at least you went in there with the mindset that failure was not an option, and you gave it everything. And I love that. Um, oh gosh, I just lost his name. UCLA coach. Um, and he's in there about truth uh, in one of my chapters. Oh, it's just, I went mind blank. It'll come back to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, he's the UCLA coach, and he says, look, look, you're going to win some games and lose some games, you know, but the only thing that I want to know is that when every game you play, you've given it your best, you know, and mm-hmm. it's honest, you know what I mean? And, and, I, and, and, and that's his approach. It's like, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, whatever. You know, you're not going to win every game, but if you go in there with the mindset that, that you want to succeed, that we're going to succeed, that failure is not an option, then then you're going to get the best performance that you've ever had in your life, and you're going to do the best. And if you do fail, you keep you keep moving forward. That's the one pattern, you know, with every successful person. I mean, think, think go back to Colonel Sanders. What happens after 1,005 no's? And he said, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> right? Exactly. Was, was, was failure an option for him? And it was that once, you know, finally on 1,006, the guy goes, sure, okay, you know, I'll, 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 uh, I'm interested in it. You know what I mean? And um, and then from there he went and, on. And, you know, the other thing about that, uh, Chad, is that, you know, nobody has really written about what he learned in each of those uh, 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 turnouts. What, yeah. what did he learn with each of those no's? Because you you learn something about yourself in each family. You do. You learn about your business. You learn, you, you, you learn. And so, I mean, my God, what an incubator, right? Failure is really the best incubator. Incubator. <laughs> It, it is, and, and you're right, and those are great points. And um, I, I think we could just spend so much time talking about failure. I know for myself, and, and you're right, it is. It, it shows what you're made of. And I'm always, I'm always cautious of those that have had success real quick. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I was actually thinking about it today, and um, um, for, I think it was an anticipation of this conversation of all things. But I just remember the 1980s. Remember that whole um, internet um, uh, business and, and, and these companies that were just, you know. Uh, coming out of nowhere and growing and doubling yeah, and stuff, and, yeah, and, you, and, yeah. you, and you had these, you know, you had these MBAs coming out, and they were like running companies. And I mean, and I was I was young at that time, but I'd been working since I was fourteen, and I, mm-hmm. without any research, I knew I knew it would fail, and I knew mm-hmm. I knew that, I knew the mm-hmm. whole thing would fail. And why was that? Because because none of these guys were tested. So when when things started going wrong, or they didn't, you know, they had some setbacks could not have the ability to overcome it. They didn't have the character. Everything I've ever done, I've always started at the very bottom, and I've worked my way all the way up. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I'm always kind of cautious for someone that suddenly, almost like these people that suddenly win the million dollars, or someone someone's business that just takes off like crazy, or a movie star's career that just blasts, you know, in the stratosphere, and they've only been in the business for a couple of years. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they don't have the capacity or the character to handle it. I'm not putting them down, not saying they can't overcome that. I'm just saying... That's what failure teaches you. It teaches you about yourself. It teaches you about your character. Um, you know what I mean? And it's just like you fall off the horse, you get back on, you know? Well, you tell this every day right now because of this new phenomenon in the last, uh, well, I guess almost now 20 years, uh, reality TV, reality shows. Oh, yeah. Uh, where people are just made to uh, be an overnight sensation uh, <laughs> over nothing. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, look at them now. They're just, uh, you know, many of them are just crumbling and suicidal and drug addicted yeah. and everything because they have no idea who they are and what to do. And it's it's, it's maddening. It's absolutely maddening. 
Yeah, but you said you, you said it by saying it's a, 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 an incubator for um, for character, and I, I think that's a that's a great phrase or term. And it is, it is. It's like every yeah. single no that you get. It's like, and, and for people listening right now, that you're sending out that resume, it's tough, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you're sending out fifty or a hundred, and you're getting nowhere. But it's just like you know, you get you got to kind of reset yourself. To me, raise the bar and keep going. You know what I mean? And, and and it's what you're made of. You know, change your strategy, change your um your your approach, change your your timing. Are you doing it Monday or Thursday? Um, what's your cover letter like? You know, rewrite it. I mean, mm-hmm. and you're growing. Mm-hmm. And you, but I tell you something. By the time you get there, you, you're going to be very polished, very focused, very determined, and very strong. And um. And that's what that's, that's what happens because it's like you you will have more trials and we all will you know what I mean mm-hmm. and it's just, you know so you'll either stand or crumble. Well, I mean it's it's almost uh, you know of course you and I can really relate to this, but it's almost stupid to think that you're not going to come up against some level of opposition in all levels, even internally with ourselves. It's going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and so anything that you're trying to do that you haven't done before, hasn't been done, especially in your family or generation, oh, my gosh, you're going to go, you're going to go through it. And I think we need to not soft sell it. Uh, there's been a lot of books that have been written that I think had great intentions and mean, uh, meant well, uh, but uh, you're not going to be an overnight success. It's not going to happen uh, in 90 days. It's, it's, it's not. It's, this is something that you have to just continue to take that hammer and hit that brick and break through. It's Shawshank Redemption. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Right? Isn't that the greatest uh, metaphor and movie in the world? It's like this dude was with a spoon digging for almost a life sentence, digging through and digging out to the other side. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. All of what he went through during that process every night before he went digging. I love love that quote, one of my favorite, that that, uh, you come to a point in your life that you either start start living or you start dying. Isn't that just great? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that hits me. Yeah. But that's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great <laughs> example. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my friend, I am so stoked that you took time out to be with me today and to be with uh, our listeners. Uh, uh, I do want to have you come back because I think you have so much uh, to give and, and such a big heart to share with a great depth of wisdom uh, so I want you to come back on, but I want to thank you for being on with me today and, and, and sharing your, your insights in this phenomenal book. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, and I loved our uh, our pre-conversation, I think, uh, just about oh, yeah. four, four, no, six weeks, eight weeks ago, and that was great. Yeah, that. yeah. So. yeah. So the book is The Five Great Principles of Life uh, by C.R. Stewart. Uh, go get it on Amazon. Uh, and give us your web address again, uh, Chad. Yeah, it's the um, the company is the Britfield Group, uh, B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D, Britfield. So it's the uh, thebritfieldgroup.com, so very easy to find. Fantastic. All right, my friend. Thank you. I wish you a wonderful year. hope we can uh, come back uh, full circle maybe in a couple months or in fall. Absolutely. Done deal. Okay. I'll be calling you and we'll lock it in. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Chad. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.